Hello, Falcomaniacs. Uh, so before we get started here, we did have some breaking news uh, post-recording. We recorded this week's episode a little bit early on Wednesday night, and uh, not long after we finished up, we got news that Urban Meyer, in fact, is out. He is out as the coach of the Jaguars. So I think the only thing this really affects is our uh, when we're talking about the matchup, the Jags and the Texans this week, um, I personally have a little bit more confidence in James Robinson. Um, I feel that the team's going to use him in a more appropriate way than we've seen uh, with, with Coach Meyer. So uh, that would bump him up to a for sure solid yes. And, uh, you know, good luck to the Jags. It's time for the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Welcome back, Falcomaniacs. Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Faulkner, joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, we talking playoffs, baby. How you doing? Well, I'm terrified. I am absolutely terrified. It is, uh, you know, the scariest fantasy playoffs ever. I know in, you know, the grand scheme of life, this is small potatoes, but we're focusing on fantasy football, and guys are dropping like flies, and it's scary, and it's having fantasy implications. It's... It's it's terrifying right now. So, I mean, I'm excited it's playoff time. We made it here, but uh, it seems like this is not going away and it's getting worse at the wrong time. Other than that, though, I'm good. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good, man. It's, uh, you know, it's a good time of year. The, the weather down where we are has been a little unseasonably warm. Even, you know, we live in kind of a warmer place in Ontario, but uh, today was chilly. Tomorrow they're calling for plus 16 so we haven't had a whole lot of snow and it hasn't lasted i'm hoping that uh i'm hoping that the winter winds start blowing here pretty quickly but uh yeah we're finishing up the week kids will be on school holidays soon i'll be on school holidays and uh you know three out of four leagues i'm in the fantasy playoffs and feeling uh feeling pretty 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 good Wow, you got a doozy of a matchup in our League of Note this week. We're going to cover that later on. We're going to cover all the games this week as well. Uh, I hope we rip through them and get into the fantasy matchups a little more. But um, lots to cover. It's like you said, man, uh, I'm in two or three leagues as well that are in the fantasy playoffs. And then the other league, I'm in the total rebuild. And I was joking with you before the show to saying, like, I'm almost happy I'm not in the playoffs this year because there's no expectations and no uh, stress uh, with the additional stress with uh, what we're going to cover in the opening kickoff. Um but anyways, I obviously I wish I did make the playoffs in all three leagues. I'm excited about the other two leagues. I'll make a big run and, and take them both down. Before we get to the opening kickoff, though, let's do our jersey swap. So number 87, I asked you right before we press record, what number or who does who comes to mind first when you think of the number 87? And for some reason, I said Eric Decker. And, and then we actually thought about it, and we came up with Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, and then the obvious choice for for me anyways is uh, number 87, Sidney Crosby. But out of those jerseys, which jersey are you going with, Kyle? Yeah, it's going to be a Crosby and uh, either either a Penguins or a, or a Team Canada. You know, the golden goal jersey uh, from, well, it feels like only a year or two ago, but I guess it's over 10 years ago now in Vancouver. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a pretty easy one. Um, I will say, though, Eric Decker holds, you know, we talked a couple of shows ago about uh, those fantasy players that hold a special place in your heart. And uh, Eric Decker absolutely does. He was a guy, it seemed like I could get him so, you know, much later in drafts than he should have been going. Nobody ever wanted him. Uh, He wasn't that, you know, super sexy name. But uh, even when he went to the Jets, you know, he was a great pickup that just produced week after week after week for you. 
Um, so just one of those guys that's really memorable from, uh, you know, fantasy seasons gone past. Well, that's exactly why he jumped into my head first. And then, you know, you look at the talent he's on the list with, and you're like, well, that's, <laughs> that's not considering your jersey, <laughs> buddy. Thanks for the fantasy memories. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I'm going with Sid the Kid as well. I've got, I actually own a Team Canada jersey. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I rock that one proudly. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anyways, folks, uh, welcome into the show. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. If you're a returning Falcomaniac, welcome back. Um, you know, hopefully you caught the show on uh, Tuesday morning, but we are twice a week and we will continue to be twice a week through the remainder of the fantasy season. Um, and then we'll be with you once a week all the way through the offseason, Falcomaniacs. Uh, so we get, you know, we have a lot of fun. We get into a little bit of nonsense, but also break down the season that's gone past and uh, and get things ready to help you get prepared for uh, the 2022 fantasy Falcon championships that we're all looking to go in. Yeah, we are, man. It's that season. Uh, it's that time of year. We got some uh, unfortunate stuff to cover, so let's do it now in the opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. All right, Jeff. So you are a uh, you're the commissioner of our league of note, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and uh, it's a position that you've held for a while, and you've held it throughout the uh, pandemic over the last couple of years, and you've had some tough decisions to make, as I know uh, many leagues and many commissioners have. So all of us, it was like week fourteen ended. You know, we were so pumped. You know, people's dreams were coming true and teams were making the playoffs. And then all of a sudden it was like the news just started hitting. This player's got COVID. This player's got COVID. This running back room's got COVID. This whole team, the Rams are in trouble. The Browns are in trouble. It's like <laughs> the, the you know, the virus kind of dangled the keys over our, over our cribs as fantasy managers and then uh, dropped them right on our faces. Um, so what do you think here, man? So we've got 58 new cases and that's just for players. I know there's a number uh, for team officials as well. The NFL is not, uh, changing its stance. Like as it stands right now, they're not rescheduling any games. They're putting the onus on teams, um, to field a roster basically. Um, I know the rule, uh, the rule around forfeits is, is only in the case of, uh, unvaccinated players causing a breakout. So I think most teams are, uh, for the most part covered for that. But what about fantasy leagues, Jeff? Do you think that fantasy leagues need to maybe have an emergency meeting right now and put something in place to protect rosters going into playoffs to have, you know, a replacement slot or something like that? Um, and at the end of this all, if we get all the way to championship week, fingers crossed, is there going to be an asterisk next to any of the uh, fantasy titles won if if players are going out at the last minute with COVID? Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe we'll put an asterisk because it's been the hardest championship to win of them all, but there's no way you're going to slate it in any fashion because it's, I mean, the uncertainty is crazy. Um, I mean, as a commissioner, even what, what are you going to do? You're going to, I mean, we know these guys are going to be playing by kickoff, but if you lose a, you know, Jonathan, I don't even want to say their names. I don't want to jinx anybody. So let's just say, you know, Baker Mayfield gets uh, a positive test. And you were relying on him for some reason. Like, it's terrible. And what do you do? Yeah, you, you, you what do you say? He's, this team gets first dibs at Case Keenum? No, like, you say, everybody's got to play. Everybody's got to do the waivers. And, you know, everybody just has to pay more attention. I mean, it's unfortunate. And uh, uh, it's, it's. I mean, hopefully this is the worst of it and we can get through the next month and there's no more outbreaks, but I don't think that's a, a pipe dream. And I don't, I don't know, man. It's just, it's crazy right now. It's, it's the worst timing. 
I just love that you, I, I didn't mean to laugh at the, you know, the plight of the Browns and Baker Mayfield, but I just, I thought it was funny that you said, you know, I don't want to say any names. I don't want to jinx anybody, but Baker Mayfield, like, yeah, sorry, division rivals. Um, yeah, well, you know what? The, the biggest outcome that I can see honestly coming from this is, uh, an all-time record for fantasy football complaining. Anybody who loses out of playoffs <laughs> this year because of a player that goes down late with COVID, they you are going to hear about this. If you end up taking home that fantasy Falcon championship, you are going to hear all the reasons why it was bogus, all the reasons why you shouldn't have won. You're going to hear that at least, I'm thinking, until you know the year 2030. I hope so, but you know what? You hear that anyways. You know what I mean? When somebody wins and the other people don't, you're like, well, if I didn't have the Jets against the Rams defense last year or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's this one guy in my one league. He won't stop talking about that. It's real uh, It's real bad. But <laughs> anyways. Uh, but like I said, man, what what can you do, right? Like, it's like, it's unfortunate and it's, there's just I don't know I it's just hopefully it doesn't affect teams and and fantasy players but it's going to and you got to be ready so hopefully you have your handcuffs or you have depth and this is where depth is going to win championships and like we talk about it all the time where you know it's not always about the high end talent and it's about having depth especially this time of year like look at the injury report uh, the guys early in the week are missing practice huge fantasy implications and you know guys that we've never heard of are getting like. Craig Reynolds or whoever it is in Detroit was like, and it's crazy right now. So this is fantasy football in 2021. Buckle up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just as kind of a closing note, it makes it more important than ever to properly manage your roster. Um, you know, this shows out on Friday. So hopefully you, uh, have been following our advice all season long and taking your Thursday night players out of your flex positions, putting them into your straight one spots. Um, but, uh, there are games tomorrow. There are games Saturday this week. The same rule applies. Put those players into your single eligibility positions. Don't, it doesn't matter if they're your third or fourth best wide receiver. Don't put them in the flex spot, put them in a wide receiver spot. Give yourself that flexibility later in the week. And if you've got players on Monday night, you know, it's tough sometimes, but you, you know, more than ever, you may need to have an option on hand. I know uh, this past week I was terrified because I was rolling out Sony Michelle in a couple of leagues and, um, you know, uh, Daryl Henderson was injured and then it came out that, uh, that he was on the COVID list and I was terrified that all of a sudden, right before game time, they were going to, uh, they were going to announce that Sony Michelle had also been placed on the, uh, on the COVID reserve and that I was going to be stuck with an empty roster spot, um, in some important matchups. So I, you know, I went out and um, I'm just sorry. I'm just looking up the name here. That's how irrelevant of a player it was that I had to uh, yeah, exactly. pick up. Makai Sargent. Makai Sargent made his way onto three of my rosters this week uh, just on the off chance that Sony Michelle, you know, was pulled into the pulled into the quarantine as well. And I needed a body to throw in there. And honestly, I know we're trying to close this. and We don't want to spend the whole episode on the opening kickoff, but keep an eye out keep on an eye out on the waivers people that are contending may need to drop legit talent that you know if you're in dynasty leagues or keeper leagues that could help you next year so keep an eye on that because if they have to fill the rosters for guys that are helping right now they, they may have to drop somebody useful all right buddy well there's no more bye weeks we got a full slate of nfl action to get to we got games on thursday which we already talked about if you want to hear that breakdown go back to tuesday's episode but we got saturday we got sunday and we got monday football let's get to those nfl game previews 
Al, my prediction is that whoever puts the most points on the scoreboard will probably win tonight's football game. NFL Previews. So, on Saturday, the first matchup we're going to look at here is the Las Vegas Raiders at 6-7, taking on the struggling Cleveland Browns at 7-6. and 38.5 point over-under. Not a lot. And that might have to do with the fact that the Browns are playing a local Cleveland high school roster in their brown and orange uniforms. Uh, Vegas are favored by a point and a half in this one. And I think that... Uh, you know, that about sums it up. We have no idea who's going to be on the field, and we have no idea what they're going to look like. Um, now, looking at what these two teams have been doing over the last little while, over the last three weeks, the Raiders, they went out and shocked the Dallas Cowboys in overtime. Uh, they slugged it out in a tough matchup, but ultimately came up short against Washington. But then this past week, they got curb stomped by the Kansas City Chiefs. It was not even a game. Um, they have one of the worst rush defenses in the league, and they're giving up the second most points per game total. Uh, it's not great. And throw that into the fact that they're taking on a Cleveland team that averages over 140 rush yards a game. Uh, things are looking you know, pretty good for the Cleveland running backs that are in this one. The rest of the team, not so much, though. Offensive line issues, Baker potentially gone, Jarvis Landry potential gone, coaching staff members potential gone. There's a real chance, Jeff, that Cleveland comes out and their game plan is do what the Patriots did two weeks ago, throw the ball three times and run it a million. So, um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, yeah, I'm just thinking about this game and I almost uh, spit up my water all over myself because it's going to be pretty gross. <laughs> it's not going to be good, like... On the one hand, it's Saturday and there's football. Yay. On the other hand, this. Um, yeah, it's not great. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like I mentioned, uh, Baker, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, all on the COVID reserve list as it stands right now. Um, looking at the practice reports for these two teams, Kareem Hunt uh, has not participated. Uh, he's presumed to be out with the angle inj injury. They called him week to week. Uh, so Dearness Johnson will be filling the backup role and could actually get some touches in this one, um, you know, if they're so run heavy and they don't want to uh, put Chubb in the ground. Um, on the Raiders side of the ball, the two tight ends, Waller still not practicing. This is, uh, you know, a lot of frustration towards Darren Waller. He had a couple of big performances this year, but ultimately has been a disappointment. And if he doesn't get back and put up big numbers in the fantasy playoffs, uh, he's going to be, I think remembered as a bust in 2021 and his replacement foster moreau who's also been a disappointment these last couple weeks he was limited in practice so not looking great for him either um the yeses in this one are they're pretty few and far between nick chubb i think is a yes josh jacobs i'd be fine with rolling out there even against the browns defense uh hunter renfro absolutely he's gone from you know a wide receiver three with upside to uh, mid-level to high-level wide receiver too. Just the volume and the reliability. He's catching, you know, 85% of the passes thrown his way, and there's a lot of passes thrown his way. Um, and I, my feeling is if Darren Waller's healthy, you got to put him in there just because of the upside he's got to go off and be the number one tight end, but I don't like it. And the maybes for me, there's only a couple. Derek Carr, maybe, and Dearness Johnson, maybe, but I don't really feel good about either of those guys. I think that with the I think that with the struggles the Browns are facing with their lineup and a shorter week, I think the Raiders are going to take this one down. Yeah, I've got the Raiders as well. I don't, would you consider the Raiders D if it's Case Keenum starting instead of Baker and all these guys are out? 
Maybe the problem for me is that I think that this, I think it's going to be low scoring, which helps them, but I don't think the Browns are going to be throwing the ball a lot and it's going to be a lot of just eating up the clock, chewing up the clock. And so they'd be, they'd yeah. be okay. It wouldn't terrify me, but not a lot of opportunity to uh, get you those big fantasy points. Uh, and before we jump into the rest, you know, the other part of this COVID outbreak stuff is that there's so much parity in the league right now. It seems like half the league is, you know, within a game of each other, and it feels like nobody is out of the season with four or five weeks to go. So it's the NFL has been wild as well, and it, this just adds to it. Uh, our next matchup, man, Saturday night, if the game during the afternoon is going to be a dud, the next one should set the tone for the whole weekend, I hope. It's the 9-4 and four Patriots heading to Indianapolis to face the 7-6 and six Colts. It's a 45-point over-under with Indy being two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, you know, obviously, the Patriots are on fire. I think they've won 7, 8, 9, 40 games in a row. And the Colts are, you know, they're hit and miss. They seem to play really good football sometimes, but then they play bad, and it's cost them in their records. And, they, you know, they should probably have more wins than a seven-win team. But uh, here we are. Um you know, they're both coming off a bye, which is huge for both teams, I'm sure. Um, Mac Jones' is first season in the NFL, and now he gets a bye week to look back, and you know, I'm sure he's going to come out better than ever. And it just it seems like another dynasty is building. It seems like we're building towards another Patriots-Bucks Super Bowl. Uh, but I think the Colts come out on fire on this one. I hope it's the Jonathan Taylor show. I know the Patriots' D has been playing great, um, and they typically you know, try to eliminate the team's best weapon. But Jonathan Taylor is too good. He's too good to spit, sit, uh, especially in fantasy. So um, I'm definitely starting him uh, you know, as an RB1. It's, it's, you know, he's not the surefire lock to, to be the guy, but you know, he's getting the workload, and he's so good. I, I'm starting him for sure. Um, I think this game is going to come down to Carson Wentz and if his his ability to make big plays or not. If he can make some big plays with the, in the passing game and open things up a little bit and maybe put some points up, the uh, Colts have a chance. But if the Patriots kind of dictate what happens, uh, it's going to be a long day for Indy. Um, checking out the practice report, we've got Damon Harris is limited with the hammy and Brent Bolden with the knee injury. They're both limited. Uh, everybody else seems to be pretty healthy. So that's uh, knock on wood. Hopefully that continues the rest of the way. Um, my yes. This is our definitely Jonathan Taylor. I'm starting Michael Pittman. I'm starting Harris if he plays. I'm starting Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, and my maybes are the Mac Jones, Carson Wentz, Hunter Henry, Jonu, Jack Doyle. The Patriots defense is the one I wanted to talk to you about. And uh, Naheem Hines, I'm, uh, he's a maybe as well. You know, if they, they are able to shut down Taylor, Hines could have a role, uh, you know, check downs and, and maybe in passing game a little more than typical. But it's hard to trust him, especially the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Um, but Kyle, the New England D has been amazing all year long. Can you trust them this week uh, against the Colts team with uh, an amazing running back, but with Carson Wentz as well? Yeah, like if you've got them, if you've been playing them, I think you've got to roll them out there. I'm going up against them in a couple of leagues, actually. So I'm, uh, you know, personally, selfishly hoping that they uh, kind of poop the bed and don't really do what they've been doing. But uh, you're absolutely right, man. What the Patriots bread and butter is, is take away your best option. We've seen it year after year. We've seen it week after week this season. Um, absolutely, that says to me that Jonathan Taylor is going to be the focal point of this defense, limiting his ability to control the game, forcing the ball into Carson Wentz's hands. Um, I don't love Michael Pittman in this one either, just because of the ability of those uh, New England, you know, the New England secondary to cover and to make plays on the ball. But uh, you're probably rolling both of those guys out there, at least with some confidence, just based on what you know they can do. We talked about this all season long, the, the tougher schedule, and this is it, New England and then um, Arizona, I believe, next week for the Colts. Um, it's it's tough going, but uh, you got to dance with the one that brought you. And for a lot of teams, those are the guys that brought them here. 
Yeah, and I purposely didn't mention the Patriots receivers. Uh, you know, somebody's going to have a touchdown, I'm sure, in a big day. But uh, like I said, it's fantasy playoffs. I don't trust any of them. Uh, so let somebody else deal with that. If, if you have them on your roster, I would put them on my bench. Um, and I think the Colts sneak out a win at home here. They're, they're more must-win than the Patriots are. I know they've got Belichick and all that jazz, but I think the Colts are, are playing desperate football from now on and, uh, and get a big win here at home. I think the Colts are in a must-win, but I think the Patriots are in a will-win in this one. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So going over to Sunday now, we've got the Carolina Panthers at five and eight taking on the Buffalo Bills at seven and six. This one's projected to be forty-four and a half point over under with the Bills ten and a half point favorites. So not Ooh. much mystery in who uh, Las Vegas has taken in this one. So looking back at what these two teams have been doing a month ago, the Panthers beat the Cardinals, and it just felt like a different team. But since then, they've lost. You know, they lost a real tough one to the football team, right? That was Cam's game back. That was the matchup with Riverboat Ron and his old team and his old quarterback. And there's 10 million revenge games in that one. Uh, but Washington squeaked it out. Uh, the Dolphins really took care of business against them. And then uh, this past week, you know, surprised by the Atlanta Falcons. Um, the Bills, on the other hand, they've kind of gone back and forth. Good game, bad game. Good game, bad game. They had tough bad tough losses to the Jags and the Colts uh but they've also you know they beat up they beat up on the New Orleans Saints they beat up on the New York Jets uh but now the last couple of weeks have been have been struggles they went down to the Patriots and the uh you know the perfect trifecta of pass attempts one two three easy as that and uh then obviously this past week the mayor of Buffalo New York Tom Brady handed out an overtime loss so they need to get a move on here, not just to, you know, get points and get in the standings and worry about division lead, but they need to get a move on to make the playoffs. Like Buffalo is a team that people thought of as the Super Bowl favorites potentially from the AFC. And now we're talking about them not even being there. Um, and the Panthers, they might break a record themselves this week. They may be the first team ever to run a full game with no quarterback under center because uh, the options are not great. And I think that uh, I think that Matt Rule doesn't really want to go either way. PJ Walker, no thanks, and Deuce Stinky, no thanks. Um, looking at the practice report for this one, DJ Moore still banged up with that hamstring. He was limited at practice. Josh Allen, we mentioned on Tuesday's show um, that in his uh, post-game press conference, he was seen wearing a walking boot. That um, sounds like it's a turf toe injury, so he's limited, um, expected to play, but obviously that's not what you want if you're counting on uh, you know, last year's fantasy MVP for a lot of people. If you were counting on him to carry to the promised land, if his legs aren't a factor, I don't know how I feel about that. And uh, also in Buffalo, Emmanuel Sanders, he was uh, limited, but not, I don't think he's expected to be a part of the game plan this week uh, with that knee injury. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, obviously that opens things up a little in that crowded receiver room. So the yes is here, even though this is, uh, you know, should be a pretty good game. Josh Allen, if he's in, he's in your lineup. You got to roll with him again and, uh, you know, take your lumps if he, if he can't move. Stephon Diggs, I think, is a for sure um, just because of the upside. We've seen it up and down this year, but he's produced a little bit more as of late. And uh, what do you think about DJ Moore? Is he a for sure yes if he's in this one? It's hard to say for sure yes. I mean, I think Buffalo is going to be playing really angry football, and there could be like you know 70 yards of offense total for the Panthers this week. So. Uh, I don't know. If, I, he, obviously, he's a great talent, and he's the focal point of the passing game. But 
if if you have better options, I would maybe I would go that way. Yeah, and there's lots of maybes in this one. Um, there's quite a few on the Panther side of the ball. Cam Newton, for me, I don't feel good about. You know, the feel-good story is over, and now it's just too scary to put him in your lineup in the week one of playoffs. Uh, the backfield, the Chuba Hubbard, Amir Abdullah, I, I don't want two parts of a fractured backfield going against a good run defense in a bad offense. So for me, you know, I'm staying away from that. Uh, Robbie Anderson gives me a little bit, a little glimmer of hope. If you really, really need an upside, uh, you know, wide receiver three, he has been at least getting some targets, but, uh, if you can stay away, I'd look elsewhere. And in fact, I would look over to one of these guys from Buffalo, Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis. Um, especially if Sanders is inactive. Um, we've seen Gabe Davis used down in the red zone um, in the past. You know, last year he was uh, became an important part of this offense. Cole Beasley can just be this, you know, kind of like Hunter Renfro light, just this solid floor PPR guy. I'd rather have either of those guys in my lineup than a Robbie Anderson. And uh, then Dawson Knox, you know, we talked about him all the time. The, the touchdown upside is there, but that's all it is. Um, all that being said, I think that Buffalo, uh, you know, gets their season back on track here and, and takes down, uh, this game. Yeah. I think they're going to smash him as well. It's going to be, uh, I mean, assuming Josh Allen plays, if it's Trubisky in there, that's, uh, it could get interesting, but I still think <laughs> Buffalo is too uh, talented and they'll pull out the W. Uh, our next game, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because it involves the New York Jets. They are three and ten. They're heading to Miami to face the six and seven Dolphins. It's a 42 point over under with Miami being 10 point favorites at home. Pretty sweet for the Dolphins. They get to the rare back to back bye weeks um, <laughs> after coming up a bye. Uh, they get to face the Jets at home. Even um, you know the Jets are playing some terrible football right now, and the Dolphins were playing incredible before the bye. They were on a they're on a nice winning streak here. Tua is playing really uh, really well especially that connection with Jalen Waddell. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be looking for that to continue against this bad Jets team. Um, you know, the, the running game is going to be interesting, though, for, for Miami with uh, Gaskin, Lindsey, and Ahmed all on the COVID list. We don't know who's going to be uh, back there when Sunday cuts, uh, comes around. Uh, we should say also we're recording this Wednesday night. It's coming out Friday morning, but we're recording Wednesday night. So make sure you guys check your, uh, you know, waiver wire, all the injury updates before kickoff because stuff could change between now and then. I'm sure it will. Um so, yeah, those three guys are on the COVID list. Tevin Coleman is a full participant in practice, so uh, we'll see how much he's involved. But, again, he's the Jets, so you're not really worried about him. Devontae Parker's not practicing, but it's non-injury related, so we assume he uh, should be back uh, for Sunday. Um, like I said, I'm not spending too much time on this. The Jets, Zach Wilson, not playing great football. No Elijah Moore, no Corey Davis. Uh, Michael Carter is kind of uh, you know, a sleeper in some people's eyes. I just, I just think he can be eliminated because there's no other threats, and I think – the Dolphins will do that, so he's a really tough uh, start for me. Um, and as far as my yeses and maybes, this one, I'm going to rock Tua. I'm going to rock Waddle. I think Gusecki's going to have a good game, and I think Miami's defense is going to go off. Um, so I'm, I'm going to put them in my yes as well. And then my maybes are uh, Parker and then whoever is the running back for the Dolphins, and I'm taking Miami at home. Yeah, and whoever is the running back, that's the uh, that's the real crux of it, right? Three of them are in the COVID list. Uh, Malcolm Brown sounds like he's going to be activated here right away. I think that if Gaskin gets cleared, which you know hopefully he will be, it was last week that he went on the list. Hopefully uh, he'll be the guy. And with this tasty Jets matchup, I think you can roll him out there. Um, but uh, it's a bit of a messy situation for sure. And yeah, I got the Dolphins in this one too. 
All right, another divisional matchup here. We've got the Washington football team taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Both teams are 6-7, 44-point over-under with Philadelphia favored by a touchdown. Now, defensively this year, the Eagles have been far superior to the football team, which is basically the exact opposite of anything I'd be even, I thought I'd be even close to saying when we started this season. Um, Washington, they've got a handful of wins that when you look at really what happened and how it, how they got the W, it's hard to understand how they didn't lose the game. Uh, this is a team that could very easily be a two or three win team. Uh, the Eagles are coming off the bye in this one. Washington's banged up and most alarmingly, they could be without Terry McLaurin. You know, he had that scary, um, play last week where, uh, he was concussed and left the game. Um, the real killer in this one is that while Philadelphia is the top rushing team in the league, that's kind of become their identity, uh, especially in the, in the late, later half of this season. Um, they're averaging over 160 yards a game. Washington on the other side, the one thing their defense has been pretty solid at is stopping the run. They're top five in the league versus the run. So this is one of those situations where something's got to give. Either the Philly rushing uh, attack is going to overtake it or the Washington uh, defensive front's going to be up to the task. But either way, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see how healthy Jalen Hurts' ankle is coming off the bye and what he can do with his legs because that's going to open things up a lot. Now, looking at the practice report, Jordan Howard, a name we haven't heard in a little while, he was limited, um, you know, coming off that knee injury after the bye. Sounds like Miles Sanders was also a limited participant at today's practice. Uh, Jalen Hurts as well. Sanders and Hurts both dealing with those ankle injuries. J.D. McKissick still not practicing off of that concussion. This is why concussions, you know, it's such an alarming thing, obviously, just for the severity of the injury, but... Um, you know, when you put it into a fantasy football perspective, we see players bounce back a few days later sometimes. This is weeks for McKissick. He hasn't been on the practice field in weeks after, uh, you know, that scary play. And uh, speaking of concussions, like I mentioned, Terry McLaurin not participating at practice. So absolutely keep an eye on what's happening uh, the next couple of days. The yes is if they're healthy, Jalen Hurts. I think Miles Sanders in this one you can roll out there uh, just based on the volume that they want to give their rush, their running attack. Uh, Devonta Smith is an upside play at best. He's uh, he's not the way I'd be going, but we've seen the uh, we've seen the massive outburst, and maybe over the bye week they've managed to uh, put together a package that they think can handle Washington. They've got uh, Washington th- twice in the next three weeks. Uh, Dallas Goddard for sure. Um, and, uh, the Eagles defense is one that I would recommend. Um, I have been recommending to pick up just because of their, uh, their playoff schedule, Washington, New York giants, Washington, um, on the Washington side of the ball, uh, Gibson and McLaurin, if they're, you know, Gibson should be in there. McLaurin, if he's healthy, I think you got to roll him out. The maybes, none of these really appeal too much to me. Taylor Heineke, I don't think is a good start this week. Ricky seals, Jones, Um, you know, he was involved, but he's coming off his own injury and filling in for Logan Thomas and then Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, you know, potentials, uh, in that rushing attack, but not ideal in this one against a top five rush defense. I think the Eagles are going to get a win here, man. I think the Eagles are going to fly. Yeah. I had a tough time with this one. I went back and forth with it. I wrote Washington down and then, uh, yeah, I started thinking about the uncertainty with Terry and I just, uh, you know, the Eagles D was the difference maker for me, so I went with Philly. But I think it's going to be a pretty tight game. It should be fun. And it's going to be interesting, like you said, to see the the health of Jalen Hurts. Is he rushing back because of how good um, 
what's his face mustache played last week there uh, Minshew so uh, you know is he rushing back because Minshew looks so good or is he actually healthy and uh, we should see it's uh, never the drama never stops in Philly um, but I think they win uh, the next matchup is going to be another uh, smashing it's the 10 and 3 Cardinals coming off a pretty hard loss against the division rival Rams uh, they go to Detroit and get the 1 11 and 1 every time I say that it kills me uh, Lions <laughs> It's a 47 and a half point over under with Arizona 13 and a half point favorites on the road. Um, yeah, like I said, they like Cardinals are coming off that tough loss to the Rams. Kyler looked human. He made a couple bad decisions and it cost the team the game. Uh, the defense gave up some big plays. I'm sure they're going to be looking to, to rectify everything this week against the bad Detroit team. Um, crazy stat. The Arizona Cardinals are eight or looking to go eight and zero on the road this season. They're seven and zero right now at, uh, on the road, which is insane, and they just can't win at home, apparently. So uh, we're looking to obviously continue that trend and get their eighth win on the road in Detroit here and should have no problems. It sounds like DeAndre Swift's not going to play. It sounds like even Hawkinson's not going to play, um, which makes basically every Detroit player tough to trust. Um, as far as the practice report, uh, Williams has been on the COVID list. He's not sure if he's going to be back in time. James Conner, uh, the last – Second last play of the game against the Rams. It looked like he took a pretty hard hit, and he was having a tough time doing anything on the last play of the game. Uh, this is a guy with injury history, so uh, he's you know he's left games before and come back and played the next week, and he's also left games with something that looked minor and it, it could linger. So uh, keep an eye on Connor for sure. Um, they they did open up the window for Chase Edmonds last week. They did not activate him, but the, that could change this week. So keep an eye on Chase Edmonds um, and his role uh, with Connor and you know the uncertainty around him. The big news out of Arizona though, and in, in this game for sure um, for the rest of their season, they're going to be with New Hopkins. Sounds like he sprained his knee. It looked like I think I was uh, mentioning in the group chat. I saw a play where he was, you know, not. He came down awkward and um, he came down awkward and hyperextended his knee. Yeah, say, thanks, Kyle. Uh, it's the regular season, so he's out for the remainder of the regular season. The Cardinals, obviously, with ten wins, probably eleven after this week, are looking to uh, play in in the playoffs. And, and Hopkins could be back in that, but. We're talking fantasy football here, and that doesn't. We don't give a care about the NFL playoffs. Uh, we need Hopkins now, and we're not going to have him for when it counts. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's bad news for him. But it's good news for guys like AJ Green and Christian Kirk, and maybe even um, uh, what's his face, Rondell Moore. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that unfolds with um, the Cardinals in the pass game, especially with Connor beat up. Um, we'll see if Edmonds is back. There's a lot of uncertainty there, but. Um, yeah, I think they still pull out a huge win here. DeAndre Swift is the big one for the Lions. He's uh, not practicing. They they said last uh, yesterday they were talking about some optimism. He was, you know, they took the out or doubtful tag off him, put a questionable tag. He's supposed to do some stuff in practice this week, but you know, again, this is one and eleven and one team. Why rush back your your you know focal point of your O? So I don't think they're in any hurry to get Swift back. Um, as far as the yes and the maybe this one, I'm starting Kyler for sure. I'm starting AJ Green. Connor, if he plays, I'm starting him. If not, and Edmonds plays, I'm definitely starting him. Uh, Matt Prater, the kicker for the Cardinals, I'm starting him as well. I think there's going to be a lot of points from the Cardinals scored. And the Detroit kicker is basically the only one on offense I really trust. I know uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was my Rudy of the Week, and he's got 12 targets the last couple weeks. That'll probably continue, but I don't know the quality of those targets against this Cardinals D who's going to be playing pretty angry. Um, and again, it's the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Hard to put a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown in their lineup. If you do and it pays off, you'll be super pumped. But if it, you don't and it doesn't, or you do and it doesn't, then uh, he is who we thought he was. So uh, I'm taking Arizona in this one big time. 
Yeah, those are the kinds of guys I could live with putting St. Brown on my bench and having him go for 20 points, but I'd have a tough time putting him in my lineup and getting one point. Now, what about Hawkinson? If he is healthy, is he a for sure? Or uh, do you have hesitation there? I think you have to. I mean, we talk about it every week. The tight end position is not much better than it's ever been. And um, if he's playing, he's Goff's going to look his way quite a bit. So, yeah, I would start him. Yeah, well, I think the Lions are going to lose this one to the Cardinals. Oh, I can't believe I have to talk about this game. The Texans at 2-11, taking on the Jaguars at 2-11, 39.5 point over under, and Jacksonville are three-point favorites. And uh, I've got one thing to say about this, Jeff. Yuck. Yuck. That's it. That's that's the analysis. Yuck. Uh, Urban Meyer is a joke, by the way. If, you know, oh, I've I've yeah. tried to be, you know... I've tried to reserve judgment, but the stories that are coming out of here, like I mentioned on Tuesday's show, when a guy like Marvin Jones has an issue with you, that's not good. Uh, Now there's a story from, I don't know if you saw this, from Josh Lambeau, the, uh, the kicker that was with Jacksonville earlier in the year. So basically, he was stretching, and uh, he claims that Coach Meyer came up to him at a practice and literally just kicked him and then told him, hey, kicker, start making your bleeping kicks. And, uh, you know, the two exchanged words. And uh, basically the message was, he Meyer's the head coach. He can kick whoever he wants, whenever he wants. And, uh, yeah, not, not a lot of happiness oh, coming man. out of Jacksonville. And that's what makes this tough to call because, you know, on paper, absolutely Jacksonville is is at least better defensively. Both teams are right near the bottom of the league offensively. Um, I do expect their defense to step up and uh, stifle anything the Texans are trying to do. Uh, my two hopes for this game are that A, James Robinson gets used like a quality running back that he is, and B, that Trevor Lawrence stops looking like Nathan Peterman mastered body snatching uh, because that's what he looked like last game. <laughs> but the trouble is that this team literally might be so just done with this season done with urban Meyer they may go out there and not throw the game but just you know play with such so little heart and so little intensity because they've quit on their coach we see it all the time in all of the major sports and they may be wanting to send a message to uh, the owner that this isn't going to work like it's you know the experiment is over um, so hopefully that's not the case, but uh, you never know. It's not a game that I really want any part of. Uh, looking at the practice reports, you know, Sexy Rexy, Rex Burkhead, he is out for this week, already ruled out. James Robinson limited again with the knee and heel. Now Carlos Hyde didn't participate with concussion, so hopefully that forces the hand a little bit as to uh, getting James Robinson in there, you know, for a full slate of carries instead of uh, six. Uh, Marvin Jones, non-injury, uh, but didn't participate. He may just be, uh, you know, gritting his teeth and pouting. I don't know if there's anyone in the yeses here, man. We've been saying week after week, James Robinson, but, uh, you know, six carries for four yards. That's not, uh, that's not going to get it done. So he's not a yes for me. He's a maybe absolutely just because of the usage. Trevor Lawrence is a no for me. Uh, Davis Mills is a no. Brandon Cooks, I think uh, it's unfortunate, but I think he's a no. I think this is a lost season for him. And then, uh, you know, auxiliary guys, Nico Collins, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chanel, James O'Shaughnessy. I don't want anything to do with this one. I want to talk about what the result was on Tuesday's show and then never think about it again. And I guess if I had to pick a winner, I'd say the Jags. (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm taking the Texans. Urban Meyer, like you said, yeah, you covered it. I'm taking the Texans, and I hope it's the, the end of the Meyer era. Uh, let's, let's go to the next game here. This is another divisional matchup uh, between two teams going in opposite directions. We got the 9-4 and four Cowboys heading to New York to face the football Giants 4-9. and nine. It's a 44.5 point over-under with Dallas 10.5 point favorites on the road. Man, some big road favorites this week. Um, and you know what? Oh, Mike. Micah Parsons just got a sack against Mike Glennon already. So mm. he's at one and a half sacks on the week already. This kid is ruining the NFL. You know, I were talking about him before we press record. And um, I think it was Ryan Clark. Maybe you should say what uh, he said because it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So Ryan Clark, you know, he's a big, he's been talking about uh, Parsons throughout the season. But uh, he just said something like, you know, defensive rookie or defensive rookie of the year is locked up. Just give it to him right now. You know, announce it today if you want to. But uh, he said something along the lines of if they just let Parsons rush on every pass play, he would probably lead the NFL in sacks right now. If they let him just play middle linebacker, he would probably lead the NFL in tackles right now. Um, you know, the esteem that uh, he holds, the talent of Micah Parsons, the maturity of Micah Parsons, the leadership as a guy who's, you know, two thirds of the way through his first NFL season. Uh, it's just fantastic. And, um, you know, it's just so impressive what he what he's done. But uh, I'm excited to see what happens down the stretch here because, you know, the the rumblings have gone from the defensive rookie of the year debate to uh, potentially being a name, at least on the ballot, for Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, yeah. He's he's ruining games. He's turned the team around, right? Like, there was always the story was the defense is kind of shady, but the offense is going to put up so many points that the Cowboys are going to win enough games. But now he's come in here. I know Diggs is playing well and other guys on defense. But, you know, the middle linebacker solidifies everything. And the way he's playing and just disrupting games, turnovers every time he touches the guy with the ball, it seems like. Yeah, it seems like we're – I don't want to, you know – jinx anything but it seems like we're on the you know the cusp of kind of a, a next great generation of middle linebackers with guys like him and Darius Leonard in the league but uh, anyways he's playing the Giants this week he's going to smash Saquon Barkley a whole bunch of times in the backfield probably and have uh, you know five tackles for a loss and I think the Cowboys are going to handle a game that uh, is probably closer than it should be but I think they're going to get a W on the road um, obviously Zeke and Dak are kind of you know fantasy wise they're looking to get right for for their Obviously, they're not looking out for their managers, but the managers are hoping that they get things right this week. Um, Zeke says he's healing slowly, and Dak says he's fine. It's just uh, you know the way the results have been going, so hopefully things turn around. Uh, as far as the practice report, sounds like Cedric Wilson. Uh, he's on the COVID list. It sounds like he won't be around. Kadarius Tony, man, this guy is a Band-Aid. He's like pushing Will Fuller territory. Every week it seems like a new injury. And uh, now he's on the COVID list, so don't expect anything from him. Even when he comes back, he's he's not going to be startable in the playoffs. Um, Tony Pollard is, is still not practicing. That one is uh, something to watch for sure. Uh, Saquon Barkley not practicing, but I don't think it's anything major. He finished the game this week. And uh, Jones has been limited to practice for the Giants. Um, I don't know if he's expected back this week or uh, at all this season, to be honest, with that neck injury. But, um, you know, he still has a lot to prove to the NFL if he wants to have a role. Uh, my yeses in this one are Dak. I'm starting him. I think he's going to get a, have a get-right game. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to go off. Cooper's going to have a good game. I'm starting Dallas D. Uh, I'm not as confident in Zeke, but I'm going to start him with Pollard uh, potentially out. Uh, I'm starting Saquon. I think the volume might be there for him, and he could fall into the end zone. And if Pollard's in there, I am starting him. Uh, my maybes are Galladay, Zerline, and Booker. Um, and not really any of the other receivers in New York are, are trustworthy at this time, and, and probably not Galladay either, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys. 
Yeah, Pollard, this is concerning because the report actually earlier today was that he did practice in a limited fashion, and then uh, they went back and edited that and said, no, he ended up not uh, practicing at all. Um, so I don't know if that was just you know a, a mistake by one of the beat reporters. I don't know if he maybe came out with the intention of practicing and uh, you know didn't feel right or whatever. Um, I've got the Cowboys in this one, and I don't want to go too. I don't want to go on too long, but I know Jeff. You know, as all the Falcomaniacs know, secretly this is your favorite team, America's team, Jeff's team. Oh, it's all the same. Why are you doing that? <laughs> but uh, I gotta talk about. I gotta talk about this a little bit more. So I just. Uh, I was looking for the exact quote, and I found something that Ryan Clark actually tweeted out. He retweeted from somebody else. Uh, so this is how legitimate Micah Parson should be taken as a candidate for Defense Player of the Year. So in the season in twenty uh, in twenty sixteen, when Khalil Mack won Defensive Player of the Year, these were this was his stat line over sixteen games. Mack had eleven sacks, seventy three tackles, fourteen tackles for loss and 26 quarterback hits. This is Micah Parsons through the first 13 games of his career. 12 sacks, oh, more sacks, 75 tackles, oh, more tackles, 17 tackles for loss, oh, more tackles for loss, and 27 quarterback hits. He's beaten a Defense Player of the Year season in his first 13 games, and he still has four more games to go. Pretty unbelievable what this kid is doing. Oh, I wish I had him on my fantasy yeah, squad. Oh, it. yep, I do. Sorry, Craig. Um, all right, let's move along here Steelers. and uh, let's go from your favorite team to my favorite team here, buddy. We got the t- <laughs> sorry, we got the Tennessee Titans oh, at nine wow. and four taking on our favorite team, even though this hasn't been our favorite season. The Pittsburgh Steelers at six, six and one, 41 and a half point over under, and Tennessee favored by a point and a half in this one. The Titans are still rolling along. They had to, you know. Fantasy teams everywhere had to make do without Derrick Henry. They've had to make do without Julio and without A.J. Brown. Well, the Titans are doing the same thing, and uh, they're going along. Recently, they did beat the Rams. They did beat the Colts, but they also lost to the Texans, so it's not a perfect season for them. Uh, but last week, you know what? They they did what they needed to do. They put up an impressive shutout against Jacksonville. Um, and last week, you know, we've talked about it at length, the Steelers, Half the game they got destroyed, and half the game they came just short uh, coming back against the uh, Vikings. They lost a tough one a couple weeks ago against the Bengals and squeaked out a win against the Ravens. So, you know, they've had some ups and downs. They've had some success. A lot depends in this one on the defense, and basically what that means is a lot depends on TJ Watt. If Watt's in the game, um, you know, he has the ability to take it over. He has the ability to wreck the Titans offense by himself. If he's not in the game, I don't know that we've seen enough from the Steelers to feel good about it at all. Uh, Big Ben didn't participate in practice today, uh, still dealing with that pectoral issue. But uh, I think this is just a veteran's day of rest. Uh, we've talked about he's actually looked OK in a couple of his uh, most recent games. Um, you know, multi-touchdown games over 300 yards and three touchdowns this past Thursday night. Um, you know, the yeses for me, I think, are all on the Steelers side of the ball. Deontay Johnson, I feel for sure good about. Najee Harris, I feel for sure good about. Pat Fryermouth, I feel for sure good about. The maybes, though. So for the Steelers, Ben and uh and Claypool, I you know, it seems crazy not to have Claypool as a yes, but just with some of the nonsense that's going on, I'm wondering if the team, you know, whatever you want to call it, teaching him a lesson or just uh, going to more reliable sources. 
Um, I'm wondering how involved he's going to be. Maybe they give him a chance right away for redemption, or maybe they uh, maybe they pull back the reins a little bit on him. But uh, he's a maybe for me in this Three one. Touchdowns. Yeah, probably. Start him with confidence. Uh, on the Titans side of the ball, you know, Julio, I could, I've seen a lot of, uh, managers asking about starting Julio this week. Um, you know, the Steelers have been susceptible to big plays. He wasn't used heavily last week, but they didn't have to use him, And he's really the only show in town. Um, and then the backfield, the mess of a backfield, Foreman, McNichols, Hilliard. Uh, I heard that Chris Johnson's coming out of retirement. Uh, I don't want any part of it. I don't want to, I don't want to put any of my fantasy playoff hopes into those kinds of names. Um, and Ryan Tannehill, you know, speaking of players that have been disappointing this season, all the talk is over the first couple of years of his starting tenure in Tennessee, you know, the only guy that statistically was ahead of him was Patrick Mahomes. And uh, now he's, you know, I wouldn't say he's quite, well, maybe he is right at the Mahomes level. Maybe both of them took a step back. Maybe they're like, you know, know. linked by their power rings, whatever one does, the other does. So uh, yeah, he's not in my lineup this week, but uh, oh, I like what you wrote here. I'm going to go with the Steelers, but I actually like what you're betting on here. Yeah, I'm, I was back and forth, back and forth, and I said, you know what, the Steelers are going to tie again. The, the <laughs> Titans roster is just ugly enough for us to tie. And um, I have a stat for you. Who on the Steelers this year has the longest rush of the season? And it's 26 yards. I'll give you three guesses. Longest oh rush of the God. season, 26 yards. Longest rush of the season, 26 yards. Hmm. Okay, is it Benny Snell? It's not Benny Snell. Uh-oh. Is it... Oh, my God. Is it uh, Mason Rudolph? It is. Oh, well oh. done. Wow. <laughs> I am impressed, my friend. I am impressed. That's oh. incredible. Mason Rudolph, man. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ray Ray McLeod has the second longest run. Uh, I'm not. To, this isn't a knock on Najee. It's a knock on our offensive line. It's yeah. more a knock on Matt Canada. Um, it's been, you know... Like Kyle said, it was a tale of two halves last week against the Vikings. And uh, if the defense has given up holes the way they were to Dalvin Cook, we're never going to win a game again. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm picking a tie, and I'm confident in it, which is crazy. <laughs> You're betting on green. I like it. Well, I believe Rudolph in that game had 26 yards rushing and 25 yards passing, I kind of recall. That <laughs> sounds about right. I, like I said, it looks like he's throwing pumpkins when he's slinging it, but I, I am so impressed you got that. Um, moving on to our next game. This game should be a lot of fun. It's two teams that are seven and six. It's the Bengals heading to the Broncos uh, to play in Denver. Uh, Forty-four point over under with Denver being two and a half point favorites at home. Uh, like I said, both teams are seven and six, but it doesn't feel like both teams should have the same record. At least it doesn't to me. Uh, the Bengals—they're coming off a tough loss, but Joe Cool and Co. Uh, can make up ground big time in the AFC North with a win here, especially with Lamar Jackson ailing. Um, I think they are the best team in the division, and uh, but when it's all said and done. Uh, that they're probably going to be on top. Um, and I think, they, you know, it starts right now. They're 7-6. and six. Like I said, there's so much parity in the league. There's so many teams that are right there that, you know, if they lose a couple games in a row there, they could be on the outside of the – even at the wild card. So uh, they know they have to win. The Broncos are a really good defense. I just – it comes down to Teddy Two Gloves. I just don't trust them. Uh, and I think the Bengals' defense is playing well enough to make some plays. Um, the practice report is its scary on this one. Um, you know, Javonta Williams has been popping up on the injury report this week. Uh, he's missing or he's limited practice with a knee injury, which is terrifying. Uh, Gordon has the thumb injury. It sounds like he's going to be okay, but he's been limited at practice as well. You know, the run game in Denver is the key to their offense. That's the reason they have seven wins and they're in the position they are. Um, 
I know they have all kinds of receiver talent, but they just haven't not been utilizing them the way that they need to because the run game is so efficient. And if these guys are banged up or not 100%, I do not know if uh, if the Broncos have a chance this week. Um, I will real side note: I was in a meeting today learning about paving, which is just riveting stuff. And I spent half the meeting watching Javonta Williams highlights from high school. He played Iron Man, linebacker, and running back. It was amazing. So check it out if you have time. Um, as far as this game, though, the, the Cincinnati offense is clicking, uh, and this team is starting to give me a feeling, especially with Joe Burrow. I think they're going to go on a run. It starts this week. Um, as far as the practice report goes, like I said, Melvin Gordon's a thumb. He's limited. Javante Williams is limited. T. Higgins has been uh, limited with an ankle injury. Burrow had a quote today saying this guy is in the elite class of receivers in this league, so he obviously loves his uh, WR1A or 1B, whatever you want to call it, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. He, uh, he's got some good thing, weapons on each side of the field. Uh, Joe Burrows did not practice today. Joe Burrow did not practice with a finger injury, uh, but he's going to be okay, obviously. And um, yeah, so my yeses are Joe Burrow. I'm definitely starting Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I'm starting Joe Mixon. Uh, and I'm starting both running backs in Denver if they're both playing. I'm starting either of them if the other's not playing, for sure. Uh, but I'm starting them both if they do play. Uh, my maybes are the whole passing game in Denver, basically. Teddy, Sutton, Judy, Patrick, even Fant. Um, it's just the past game has been so hit or miss, and it's been mostly missed that I, I really have a hard time trusting any of them. Um, you know, Fant, you can do a lot worse at tight end than Fant. I love him as an athlete, and if he gets the ball in space, he can he can score and, and have a big enough play that he doesn't need the volume, but it's really hard to trust any of them, and I'm taking the Bengals on the road. Yeah, I went back and forth on this one, and I like a lot of what the Bengals are doing, but something I just feel like the Broncos are going to get this one. I feel like something weird is going to happen. The defense is going to make a play and uh, you know shift the momentum, and I think that with that, that one-two running attack, if Williams is healthy, um, they're going to control the ball enough. Um, and uh, and take away what the Bengals can do. And, and, you know, we have seen if you can get pressure on Burrow, which against that Bengals O-line isn't the hardest thing in the world to do, uh, he can be prone to making mistakes. So uh, it's a tough one, but I think I'm leaning Broncos this one. All right, we've got the Atlanta Falcons at 6-7, and seven, taking on the San Francisco 49ers at 7-6, and 45.5 point over under, and San Francisco favored by 9 in this one. There is no way these two teams are only one win apart. Like looking at the tape, looking at what they've done, I think the Fal- I think I know what happened. I think that the Falcons in training camp were playing one of those like super scratchers, and uh, and they they won. They won a super two times bonus spin uh, on their season. Every win counts for two wins. That's the way it's been rolling for them. Uh, looking at the direction they're going in, though, the Niners have won four of five. They're a team that looks like they've got their head on straight, and the Falcons have won two of their last five, uh, including a two-week stretch where they played Dallas and New England and scored a combined total of three offensive points. Not ideal for fantasy football. Um, but, uh, yeah, going into this one, the Niners are going to try to control the ball the whole game. Uh, they're going to try to keep it away and and prevent any uh, you know miracle plays, any Corderell Patterson magic. Uh, the Falcons' weapons, though, could be in line for some garbage time. So don't shy away completely, uh, but definitely hold your expectations in check here. Um, looking at the practice reports, Kittle was a was a DNP today uh, with a knee. Now, I'm not sure if this was just a maintenance day um, or what, so definitely keep an eye. Like Jeff mentioned earlier, we are recording a day earlier this week. We're recording on Wednesday night, so uh, check out the you know what happened at practice uh, on Thursday and on Friday. Um, make sure that he's good to go. Um, Elijah Mitchell still not practicing either with the concussion. 
Um, so that kind of opens things up in the backfield for Jeff Wilson. Now, obviously, Debo uh, was the more valuable running back slash wide receiver last week. Uh, but Wilson was the main guy in terms of volume of carries. Um, I like his odds to have a big game. So he's a yes for me against the Falcons. Uh, Cordero Patterson absolutely is a yes every single week until he carries me all the way to the fantasy Falcon championship. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, we've said it for what you spent on him and what your options probably are at this point, unless you've got something better, you're putting him out and hoping either for a big yardage game or a touchdown. Uh, Debo Samuel, absolutely. Brandon Ayuk, absolutely. George Kittle, absolutely. No question on any of those guys. Uh, now, there are some maybes. On the Falcon side, the maybes. Matt Ryan, he's not much of a maybe for me. He's a straight hard no. Uh, but Russell Gage, you know, a lot of people were buying, uh, buying in, drinking the Kool-Aid on Gage. Um, I guess in terms of the fact that they could be down big and trailing um, and he's got the ability to make downfield plays, he could be worth a flex spot or a wide receiver three spot. And Mike Davis coming off of a couple of good weeks, getting into the end zone, uh, I wouldn't want to, you know, I've, I've been burned by him. I've been burned by players like him in the past where they show you all season long, you can't trust them. And then just when things start to get important, they put together a couple games that make you think, okay, yeah, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And then, uh, you know, it's like Charlie Brown, you run to kick that football and then Lucy yanks it out of the way at the last second. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to give Davis a chance. The one maybe that I'm leaning towards, and in our LOEG I am starting in a two-quarterback league, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he's quietly been just solid. Nothing flashy. He's not winning you any weeks, but he's not killing you at all. And going up against the Falcons with his weapons around him, with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, I think that Jimmy G might actually be in a position to uh, you know, have multiple scoring touchdowns and 250-plus yards. What do you think of Jimmy in this one? Oh, I'm all over Jimmy G in this one. I'm going to cover that later on in the episode for sure. Uh, I really like him. He's a start for me all through the fantasy playoffs, actually. He's got some nice matchups the rest of the way. So if you have him, uh, yeah, I think he's going to go off this week. And uh, I think he's going to be the reason that the 49ers beat up on the Falcons. Yep, I'm with you, Niners, baby. Our next matchup is going to be a good game, man. It's the 10-3 and Packers heading to Baltimore. More to face the eight and three Ravens or eight and five Ravens. Pardon me. It's a forty three and a half point over under with Green Bay five and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, you know what? Well, this one's really going to come down to Lamar Jackson. If he's a go, uh, it's going to come down to a Lamar type miracle for the Ravens to beat the Packers. The Packers are playing amazing football right now, and uh, you know what? It's kind of what we're used to seeing under Matt Lafleur. It's you know thirteen and three, blah blah blah, first round by yada yada. And then disappointment in the playoffs. It doesn't matter anymore in Green Bay unless they win in Lombardi with Aaron Rodgers and get that second ring for him. Um, they're really good. And in this game, I think they're going to beat up on the Ravens, especially if uh, Lamar's out, uh, which is obviously the huge news. Uh, practice report on this one. MBS is a back injury. He's uh, limited in practice. Uh, St. Brown has had a concussion. He did not practice. Aaron Rodgers is dealing with that toe injury. Uh, so he did not practice. That's probably maintenance. He sounds like he's going to avoid surgery and play through that. Aaron Jones has been limited with that knee injury, and Lamar did not practice with his ankle injury. Um, Coach did say he's day to day, but um, Coach Harbaugh. But um, it'll be you know it's hard to envision him being carted off on one day, uh, one week, and then playing the next. So I would uh, plan for alternate uh, quarterbacks if he can. Uh, obviously, I'm starting Aaron Rodgers. I'm starting Devonte Adams. I'm starting Aaron Jones. I'm starting AJ Dillon. I'm starting Mark Andrews on Baltimore side of the ball. Uh, if Lamar's playing, I'm probably starting him. If 
not, I'm probably not starting any of the Ravens. Uh, I know Bateman had a nice day, uh, but he's hard to trust. It's the playoffs. I keep saying this. Hollywood Brown has been up and down and mostly down the last couple weeks. And Devonta Freeman is still Devonta Freeman. Uh, so he's hard for me to trust. I am taking the Packers on the road. Yep. I think that the Packers get this one done. I think the Ravens have some issues they need to figure out. All right, here we go. We got the Seahawks at five and eight taking on what remains of the LA Rams at nine and four. Uh, 45 and a half point over under, and the Rams are favored by four and a half points in this one. Now, I say what remains because, uh, as we mentioned at the start of the show, the Rams and the Browns are the two teams that, uh, you know, are in the uh, super secret double probation COVID protocols uh, with everything that's happening right now. So, uh, this could be a real dicey one. Keep your eye on updates in this one. Uh, Sony Michelle has been running fantastically well for this team. Um, you know, Daryl Henderson was the man. And then when he went down, Michelle, who they brought in kind of as just a veteran back, uh, he looks great. And I heard another show actually make the comparison uh, to what Leonard Fournette did down the stretch last year for the Buccaneers. You know, they brought in a pro, a guy who had high draft capital, a guy who had had success in the league uh, with another team and kind of worn out his welcome there. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen if Henderson comes back here, but Michelle has been fantastic the last couple of weeks. The Rams feel like they're a team that's back on track. They started off the season just, you know, like a bat out of hell. They lost three tough ones in a row, but uh, now they, they feel like they're going the right way again. Where and, and Seattle, at the same time, they look like they're getting it back. Russ looks like he's getting a little bit healthier. He's had a good connection with Tyler Lockett lately. Uh, Rashad Penny just went off, as we mentioned in Tuesday's show. The run game looked fantastic. Now, this is a tougher matchup against the Rams' defense, but uh, it's interesting to see what Seattle's going to be able to do here. I don't think that 5-8 and eight represents the uh, skill on their team right now. So, looking at the practice reports, two big names of note, Daryl Henderson and Odell Beckham Jr., both on the COVID protocol list, uh, so worth keeping an eye on for sure. Alex Collins was limited participant, although he... Uh, I think it's fair to say is no longer considered the RB1 in Seattle with the uh, emergence of Penny. That is until Penny hurts himself. Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, he probably just got hurt. Uh, but this is the big one, Jeff. DK Metcalf again, DNP. We've seen this a couple weeks in a row with the foot. And it's got me it's got me kind of wondering. I haven't heard a lot of talk about this, and we didn't hear a lot of talk last season until after the fact. But last year, remember how you know, unbelievably well, Tyler Lockett started off the season and then the last half of the year, he really did nothing. And it was so frustrating. I had him on all my rosters. I know a lot of people who did too, because of the value you could get him for, but it came out kind of after the season that he was struggling with a nagging injury and they were simply using him as a decoy to split the defense because with Lockett and uh, Metcalf out there, you can't truly cover. I'm not saying for sure that that's what's happening, but I'm wondering if, you know, DK just isn't quite right. If that's why the coverage seems a little tighter on him than usual and it's tougher for Russ to get those targets in there. I'm wondering if after the fact uh, we're going to find out that this was kind of part of their game plan just to have him out there, but not, um, you know, not the not the absolute stud that he was drafted to be. But anyways, he is a yes for me this week. Uh, you got to have faith in the talent taking over. Tyler Lockett is a yes. He's been on fire lately. 
Uh, Matt Stafford, for sure. Cooper Cup, for sure. If Beckham is healthy, he's rolling out there. Van Jefferson, for sure. And then whoever's running, uh, Michelle or, you know, potentially Henderson. If he's back and healthy, it's a bit of a mess, but uh, hopefully we get some clarity. Uh, Russell Wilson's a maybe for me, but I'm leaning towards yes. I think that uh, I think the talent is back. I think that the injury is subsiding and Russ is ready to cook. Um, but I'm wondering, Jeff, about Rashad Penny this week's number one waiver pickup. Can you play him against the Rams defense? And can you play the Rams defense against the Seattle offense? Uh, I'm leaning towards the Rams D over Penny, and I picked up Penny in two of my three leagues. Um, it's just, yeah, I, you know, Seattle loves the workhorse, and they love yeah. Penny's a legit first-round talent. I don't know if he's legit, but he was a first-round talent, right? So, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's hard to say. James Conner just went off against the Rams D, uh, but that's a much better offense. I know Russ is playing better football as of late, but it's still Rashad Penny. It's really, really hard to trust him. Um, I'm rolling him out in one of the two leagues, so I know that doesn't really give you an answer, but that's my answer. I'm taking the Rams for sure in this game. Yeah, Connor went off um, in terms of getting into the end zone, but uh, overall not a super productive day. I'd avoid, and we said this on the uh, you know on the waiver wire bit that the next couple weeks for uh, Seattle are a lot better than this one. Uh, I think the Rams are going to take this. I think Seattle looks good, but I think the Rams look better. All right, a couple more games to cover here. Sunday night football is the six and seven Saints going to Tampa Bay to face the ten and three Buccaneers. It's a forty-six point and a half point over/under with Tampa Bay being eleven-point favorites at home against the Kevin James-led New Orleans Saints. Did you see this movie preview nonsense? The Sean yeah, Payton movie. That looks like the worst Anyways. thing. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a Mad TV sketch. Exactly. I'd be I'd be more interested if it was. Anyways, the Buccaneers are gonna like I said at the start in my first preview. It sounds like they're gonna face the Pats. It's, it feels like it's all lining up for a Patriots Buccaneers Super Bowl. Uh, the Buccaneers are ten and three, and they're getting hot at the right time. They're playing probably better than they were at this point last year, and uh, you know they've got another year of continuity under their belt. So it's it's scary if you're, if you're going out against the Buccaneers. The Saints, uh, you know, Taysom Hill's putting up fantasy points, but I don't love him as a quarterback. I know Kamara's back and he's a game changer, but I don't think they have enough to get it done against the the defending champions. I'm guessing that Tom Brady breaks two more records in this one. Um, I'm not sure what they are, but I'm sure that that he will. And I want to say one thing about Tom Brady. I don't know if you've noticed when he runs. Have you seen how he slides into guys' knees? Like, it's almost like he's trying to hurt people. I don't know if it's just – it feels like he's the only one that does it. It's super aggressive anyways. I know Arian said he doesn't want him running at all anymore, and I'm sure they don't, but um, something to watch moving forward. Um, yeah, I think Taysom is going to lay some lame duck passes out there, and the Bucks are going to eat him up on defense, and uh, it's going to be the difference in this game. Uh, practice report has Fournette not practicing. You know, he's a veteran, and it's Wednesday at this point, so keep an eye on him as the week unfolds. Uh, my yes is in this one. I'm starting Kamara on the Saints side of the ball. I'm probably starting Taysom Hill because of his legs, uh, but I don't love it. And then on the Buccaneers, I'm starting everybody I can. Brady, Evans, Godwin, Fournette, Gronk, and probably the Buccaneers D. Um, yeah, I think this uh, Buccaneers and a big uh, win on the, at home. Yep. Brady's got the boys rolling along. They're getting ready uh, to run it back if they can. And, uh, yeah, this is a uh, maybe a revenge game for Drew Brees and the Saints beat down to the Bucks last year. I got Bucks. Oh boy, man, I forgot how <laughs> how long it takes and how much talking it takes when we don't have any bye week yeah. games. Like it's been a while. It's been a while. Like it's a been a minute. Yeah, I know. Um yeah. yeah, we got one more game here. Monday night football. 
the high-flying offenses of the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. Thanks a lot, NFL schedulers. Uh, six and seven Vikings taking on the four and nine Bears. Forty-four point over/under, and Minnesota are favored by three and a half in this one. Uh, the Vikings didn't look like they really missed a beat without Adam Thielen last week, and uh, the only beat was the beat down the Steelers took in the first half. The second half must have got scary for the Vikings, though. It must have got scary for Mike Zimmer. He was feeling so good about the way he turned the defense around until halftime. Uh, I'm a little worried for the Vikings, though, in this one, Jeff. As as bad as the Bears have been, this is a trap game. This is the exact kind of game that a better team can blow. They're playing a division rival. They're playing a division rival that's desperate for a big win. They may be looking forward down the season. Minnesota needs to bring down the hammer of Thor on the majestic skull of the Great Bear. They need to just put this one to rest early. Uh, you got Justin Fields out there starting. He's going to be looking to prove himself, which he hasn't really done as of yet. And uh, that's where it gets scary. The Vikings defense are so unpredictable. He might just do it. This might be the Justin Fields coming out party. Uh, I hope that Coach Zimmer has the boys prepared or else he may not have many more games against Chicago that he has to prep for. Um, we don't have a practice report yet. We, as we mentioned a couple times, we are recording on Wednesday and this is the Monday night game. So we don't have a practice report yet, but Alexander Madison on the COVID list. He's one of the players in the league this week, uh, that was added to the COVID reserve list. So bears watching for sure. Um, the yeses are Dalvin cook. Absolutely. Justin Jefferson, David Montgomery. And I think you can roll back with Darnell Mooney. I know he disappointed last week. But I'm not putting too much stock in that. Um, I think he's going to have opportunities. The maybes, I do like Kirk Cousins in this one. Um, I even like Justin Fields. I'm not a, I'm not crazy about the way Fields has been uh, moving the ball and making decisions sometimes, but I think that the opportunity's there. And then uh, we've got some pass catchers. K.J. Osborne, who came up big with the touchdown last week uh, with no Thielen. Tyler Conklin, who was a disappointment, but still, you know, by reason stands that uh, he may see those red zone targets and Cole Komet for the Bears. Um, I've got the Vikings in this one. Jeff, how are you feeling about it? I don't know. I keep going back and forth on it, and I just settled on the Bears. I was probably wishful thinking as somebody who's been riding uh, you know, in the rebuild. I'm hoping Justin Fields is the answer in Chicago. So, uh, yeah, I hope it is his coming out party this week, and he pulls out a big W, and this is like the statement game for his young career. So I'm taking uh, Chicago. Let's, oh man, so that's the game previews. We covered every single team in the NFL other than the Thursday night. Uh, that uh, took a little longer than we thought, but let's rip through this next couple segments. These are the fun ones, so I'm excited to get to these, starting with Tyler, our good buddy Tyler, and his uh, segment, A Sitting Start. Coach, you can't put me in now. We can win this. It's just bad strategy. A Sitting Start. Hello, Falcomaniacs. Welcome to a sitting start, week 15. The first week of the playoffs. Playoffs? Are we actually talking about playoffs? Well, for those of us who are, welcome to the playoffs. Let's get to some starts. Tua Tangaviola. Tua is coming off a bye week and looks to continue his recent string of strong starts. He's had at least 20 points in two of his last three. He's getting a stronger uh, matchup against the Jets this week. Where only two quarterbacks this this year have fewer than 22 fantasy points against them since week four. 
Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Mr. CEH has played three games since coming back from his injury and has either a touchdown or 80 yards in every single one of them. The Chargers are number six in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. They have allowed 18 touchdowns to those running backs and only twice this season have they been able to stop any RB from scoring in a game. Their last meeting, CEH had 100 yards and a touchdown. So look for him to improve on that this week. Brandon Ayuk. Since week nine, Ayuk has exceeded 12 fantasy points in four of his six games with a high of 21. He's out of the doghouse now in San Francisco and he's going up against one of the worst secondaries in the league in the Atlanta Falcons. Let's get to some sits. Rashad Penny. And this is surprising because mostly everyone picked him up off waivers this week, including myself. But Penny is playing against a Rams defense that is very tough against the run. I know they just let Connor score two touchdowns, but that is that is two of only three that they have allowed in the last month. The Rams have only surrendered 171 rushing yards in that span. It's an average of 57 per game. Chuba Hubbard. Chuba did score a touchdown against Carolina last week, but he didn't do much else as he only had 33 yards on 10 carries with zero targets in the passing game. Carolina gets the Buffalo Bills run defense, which has been shaky as of late, but Buffalo is very desperate for a win to stay alive in the playoffs, and we have no idea who's going to be getting most of the snaps in Carolina at the QB position. Our last sit of the week. Taylor Heineke. In the last four games, Heineke has failed to top the 225 yards passing mark. And this week, he goes up against an Eagles defense that allows the six fewest points per game to opposing offenses since week 10. With the struggles Taylor has had of late, I'm not sure you can trust him in your uh, starting QB position in week one of the fantasy football playoffs. Now, guys, I still have no idea. I, I say still because I still have no idea. The Cardinals receivers. It's the same question I have for you guys as last week, but Hopkins is out. So if that is a, does that make a huge, massive difference for Kirk and Green? I, I don't know. I don't know whether I can trust them. I have Kirk. I'd like to put him in in that offense, but please, guys, any advice you have, I will take it. So there it is. Tyler thinks that it's two a time against the Jets. He's going with CEH against the Chargers and Brandon Ayuk against the Falcons. Uh, His sits this week are Rashad Penny against the Rams. He agrees with you, Kyle. Chuba Hubbard against the Bills and Tyler Henneke against the Eagles. And his question is, Arizona wide receivers with Hopkins out, Green, Kirk, or more. Is there a difference? Can you trust any of them? So this is kind of what we talked about you know, last week. And I, I don't love it. I don't love it because it's playoffs. If this was even, you know, week 13 and it wasn't a one and done and it wasn't a must win, uh, green and Kirk earlier in the season, they were both, you know, totally viable wide receiver twos. Um, it's hard to say that you don't have a better option. Kirk obviously offers the most upside, I think, with the big playability. We've seen Green be heavily targeted and used in the red zone. Um, if you're in a desperation, if you're a 7 or 8 seed or a 5 or 6 seed in a, in a league where six teams make it, and you're going up against the top team, and you need something to happen, you need to make something happen, absolutely get a piece of a good Arizona offense. But uh, it's just hard to trust, and and trust is kind of the name of the game at this point in the season, eh? What I, what about you, Jeff? I'm I'm curious to hear what your feelings are on this. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I watched 
watching the game on uh, against the Rams there, it seemed like he really looked for Christian Kirk when uh, things broke down, when when what things weren't going right. I know they try to get Rondell more of the ball, but it seems to be you know around the line of scrimmage and not downfield very much. Um, but you know when things broke down, he was looking at number thirteen. So I think I would start Christian Kirk a little more confidently than the rest. Um, I don't know if it's just an AJ Green thing. I just it seems like every time I watch him, he's quitting on plays, and the announcers are acknowledging it. So yeah, Christian Kirk is probably the only guy I really trust. Um, but yeah, I do want a part of this offense, and Kyler's probably going to spread it around. Uh, you know, Zach Ertz is probably the biggest beneficiary of this Hopkins injury. Well, we've got a couple of segments here that might help you with your lineup questions. Uh, we had Tyler sitting start. Now let's get to the guys that we really like. Let's hit up those Rambo's of the week. Are you listening? The fantasy fucking football Rambo of the week. Who are you? The worst nightmare. So last week we were okay. We were all right. We didn't kill you. We didn't uh, win you a week though either. We had CD Lamb was my Rambo. He went seven for sixty-one and two rushes for fifteen yards. Uh, finished with only eleven points in half PPR. Um, and you had Austin Eckler who went 12 for 67 and a touchdown, 15 fantasy points. So pretty good, pretty good. Not great. Uh, hopefully we can hit great for you this week, Falcomaniacs. And I'm going with a guy, you know, this, you gotta be flexible week to week. And this is a guy that I faded last week. He was my Roy Munson last week. This week, he's my Rambo. I'm talking about Nick Chubb against the Raiders. Uh, he, the Raiders have allowed over a hundred yards rushing in three of their last four games. And to the combined uh, Kansas City running backs this past week, they allowed 40 fantasy points. So that was between Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, Daryl Williams, and then that long run by Derek Gore. Now, Kareem Hunt is out. Dearness Johnson isn't going to get the full share that Hunt usually has. Baker and Landry both tested positive, and we don't know what's going to happen. So this offense is going to be Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. He's having his Christmas feast early. Now, all that being said, Falcomaniacs, please do your due diligence. Watch the status of the game. Watch the status of Chubb to make sure nothing changes. Right now, it's on track, and uh, you never know what's going to happen. But uh, all things equal, if this game goes down as planned, I think it's going to be a big day for Nick Chubb, my Rambo of the week. Oh, so uh, full disclosure, dude, uh, Rambo number two has been on the entire time we've been recording this episode, and uh, it's about to get real in Vietnam. He uh, just, the, the Vietnamese lady friend he just met just got shot by some Ooh. army guys, and now Rambo is taking care of all the business, uh, just like Jimmy G is going to this week against the Atlanta Falcons. He's my Rambo of the week, a guy who I've been, you know, patiently and impatiently waiting to get benched all season long uh, is, you know, not going to do it. You were right all along, Kyle. You said Jimmy G is going to start from start to finish and Lance is going to sit and learn. And it looks as though that's going to happen. I really love Jimmy G this week. We talked about the weapons. We talked about the matchup against the crappy Falcons team. Um, and I think Jimmy G is going to go off. He's, I think he's going to have three touchdowns and uh, be one of the top quarterbacks of the week. And uh, I'm starting with confidence. So, Jimmy G, you're my Rambo of the week. Uh, he just kissed her too and like they're falling in love and now they sh oh he's gonna mess up this whole country um i have a bonus <laughs> rambo as well it's the miami dolphins defense who i think are gonna smash the jets and are coming off the bye week so if you're looking for d uh, i almost made ram my rambo the miami d but uh, i love jimmy g as well so a little bonus for you 
Well, I hope you're right. I'm I'm counting right, on check. Jimmy G. Yeah. I'm counting on Jimmy G in a big match. I know you are. Uh, so those are the guys we love this week. We've got a couple guys that uh, should be doing great things, but we're not uh, very confident in. Let's check out our Roy Munsons of the week. Let me give you some advice. Stay away from this guy, huh? Give him a wide berth. He's what is called a born loser. The Roy Munson of the week. A real Munson. So last week, Kyle had, like he said, he had Nick Chubb, who had 17 carries. Carries for 59 yards and 8 points, which was pretty disappointing. And I picked Hollywood Brown in that same game on the other side of the ball. He had 5 catches for 41 yards and only had 7 points. Oh, God, Rambo's wearing a necklace of the ladies' jewel. Oh, it's um, Yeah, so who are you going with this week, Kyle, for your Munson? Well, I've got another running back, and it's a player that, uh, you know, there was hot debate about this guy coming into the season. A lot of people bought bought the dip. A lot of people uh, went all in on this guy. He disappointed, disappointed, and then just this past week showed signs of life and maybe rekindled your relationship. Both of us have had this guy on our teams in the past, Jeff, and uh, we both have had to move on. I'm talking about Saquon Barkley. I'm sorry, Saquon Managers. Uh, but as good as last week was, and it wasn't great, but it was good. Now he's going up against that talented Dallas defense that we spent, you know, a good 42 minutes at the start of the episode talking about. They just shut down Antonio Gibson, who's coming off the best stretch of his career. Dallas looks like they're going to get out to an early lead in this game. The Giants are going to be playing catch-up mode, and uh, absolutely with Mike Glennon under center, Dallas's game plan is going to be make him make mistakes, and how do you do that? You take away the running attack. Uh, it, it pains me to say it. I was such a fan of Saquon. I still am. I hope him all the best, but this week it ain't going to happen. Sorry, Saquon. You're my Munson of the week. Yeah, I like that one. It hurts me to hear it. But you know, I saw a quote from him this week saying, I hope I'm the reason the Giants turn the franchise around. Uh, only if they trade you for draft picks because uh, <laughs> they need a ton of help. And uh, the running back is not where to start, unfortunately. Um, oh, gosh, he just buried her in the rain, and it's over. Um, my Munson of the week this week is another quarterback. I took a quarterback for Rambo. I'm also going with a quarterback for my Munson. It's Russell Wilson against the Rams. Uh, the Rams D is clicking. I think Aaron Donald is going to take over this game. We talk about you know how they're relying on Rashad Penny to open things up for the passing games. Uh, that this week, I don't think they're going to be able to do that um, with DK Ailing. Uh, I think they'll be able to you know lock up, lock it, and take uh, Russell Wilson's top weapons out of the game. I don't love him this week, and for that reason, he's my Munson of the week. Well, buddy, it's been a long time coming, but here we are, the L-O-E-G playoffs. Round one happening. It's probably the first time in a long time that you're not uh, you're not a part of these matchups, eh? But, uh, you know, it's just like last weekend. The training day can't hurt you tomorrow. Um, you get to relax. You get to sit back and just watch some football and watch the craziness go down. Uh, but we do have some pretty intense matchups. Uh, we've got first place, real public enemy number one, uh, massive season for the Brolo Tim taking on Marty and his circling wagons at number eight. What a fall from grace for Marty's team! But uh, he had the trash talk going a little bit in the group chat. He's looking to shock the world, hey, so dude. let's see what he can do. And this next one, oh man, I'm I'm not gonna sleep a wink. This is like Christmas Eve for me all over. Uh, I'm taking on the team that took me down in week number one, the team that I just took down in week number 14 to complete my nine consecutive win run. I have public enemy number one, the fourth place seed taking on my mean machine. 
And Craig, you better listen up because you don't know what's coming. You thought your team was cursed going into this week. Just you wait. Just you wait. I love it. We got two other matchups. The Chiefs Kingdom, the number six seed going up against the crap burger chefs that's todd's team who uh you know he rebuilt last year he turned it around really quick he's got joe burrow justin herbert jonathan taylor jeff justin jefferson he's got a young stud filled team george Kittle now and chief's kingdom is hurting with lamar uh dinged up and that's basically half his squad kyler murray's obviously a stud but he is uh, hurting right now so it's looking like crap burger chefs is a heavy favorite in that one and the other matchup is public enemy number two Versus House Money. House Money has won this league more than anybody else. Um, and he gets a first round buy as uh, Public Enemy number two decided to rebuild um, as the number two seed right before the trade deadline. Anyways, crazy stuff happened in there. Um, so House Money looks like he's going to move on to the second round. And I cannot wait to see what happens with our playoffs. And I'm just not relaxing totally. I mentioned this last week or on Tuesday as well. We're doing the play down. Uh, so what we do in our league is the bottom six teams that didn't make the playoffs, they actually uh, do a play down to determine the draft order from one to six. So we're still filling rosters and playing waivers and still something to play for, uh, even though it's not as fun as being in the actual playoffs. Dude, that's it for this long-winded episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it, Falcon Maniacs. We love having you guys uh, listen to us. We keep doing this. Uh, you know, We're doing it twice a week for the rest of the season here, and then we'll go to once a week in the offseason. Uh, if you have questions for us, you know this is the time of year where you got to watch everything, especially with all these outbreaks, COVID-related. Make sure you're checking your waiver wires. If you have questions, please reach out to us at fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com, or you can reach us uh, using the link in the show description wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, guys, if you have questions, please reach out. We would love to hear from you. We want, if you want stuff uh, covered on the episode in the offseason, let us know that as well. But it's about the playoffs right now. we got three weeks until glory, until you're hoisting, hoisting up those Fantasy Falcon Championship trophies. And we helped you, we helped you along the ride. Oh, my gosh. Rambo was covered in mud, and he's killing everybody with a bow and arrow. This is a great <laughs> night, Kyle. I hope you had a good time too, buddy. And Falcon Maniacs, remember to set your Falcon lineups. Woo! Go, Nate. Go, Steve. Sorry for partying. Woo! What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs?